Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's speaker is Michelle Grant. Well, good morning. Um, I hope everybody is keeping well and safe. Um, what I wanted to bring to this morning was a part of my testimony. And the reason why is because as a house church, we've been looking at the book of Acts. And there's a part in Acts, um, Acts 17, there's a part in there that really speaks into my testimony, but it also shows us how we can relate to other people um, through what the Apostle Paul does. So I just, I just thought that I will share this with you. But also, I just, I just find it fascinating how the Bible, as old as it is, still can speak into our lives today. Um, and I just find that in, just incredible. So before I became a Christian, um, my understanding of Christianity was very much rules and people doing good works. I had no real understanding of anything to do with Jesus apart from the Christmas story and the Easter story. And that was really because of the culture of my upbringing, I suppose. Um, But I believed in God and I used to pray to God. And one day, it was about 15 years ago, in my kitchen, I was washing up and I was talking to God. And I had this kind of sensation that hit me. And I really felt like God wanted me to do something. And I wasn't sure what it was. I had nobody to talk to um, that would understand. And I certainly wasn't going to go into a church and ask anybody in there. So I went to a new age shop. And that led me going to a spiritualist church. And I became very much involved in that on the committee. Um, and, and then we moved up to Scarborough. And um, we had a shop. And there were two Christians that started coming into our shop. And one was Pastor Adrian, and another was a lady that wasn't connected to a a church. And what I saw from both of these people was this genuine friendship that they actually wanted to get to know me and my family. Um, And they would talk to me. They didn't preach to me. They would just talk to me and uh, share their life with me, and I could share parts of my life with them. And I found that really uh, valuable, that these people were just genuine people that just wanted to know me. Well, this one time, um, this gentleman came into the shop, and I was having a coffee with this lady, um, and I went to serve him. And this thought sort of ran through my head about him, and then he left, and I dismissed it. And then I went over and had a coffee with her. And she said to me, what, was, what I was thinking about this man. And I looked at her and I said, if you're a Christian, how would you know that? Like, how would you discern, basically, something like that if you're a Christian? And she said, I don't know what you mean. I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just looked, and I, in my head I was like, oh, I've got it. I completely understand. It's the Holy Spirit. It was like those two words just suddenly, which just like this, in my head and I I mean I didn't give my life to Jesus there and then there was still a a journey but it was just those two words that seemed to connect me there was more that I realized to the Christian stuff than just church and what I thought I knew about it so what I wanted to look at was the book of Acts 22 17 22 to 34 Um, and I'll just give you a little brief uh, study of it um, before, we go, before we go into the word. 
Um, Athens at this time, the Apostle Paul was on his journey and he went to Athens. And at this time, they were a wealthy city, very intellectual, um, worshipped lots of different gods and um, idols. And they had lots of uh, philosophies. And one of these were that God was... Uh, very, their gods were very remote and distant from, connect, uh, from humanity. Um, and the other sort of philosophy was that they, as long as you had the moral code of treating everyone okay, you were fine. Um, and what I love about this story is the way that Paul, the Apostle Paul, notices all their gods that they worship and he relates to them. He talks to them. Um, so let me just read from, from, this, from Acts 17, 22 to 34. Let me just read for you. Um, Apostle Paul, on his travels, went to Athens. When, oh, sorry, no. People of Athens, I see that in every way you are religious. He didn't say, he wasn't being critical. He was just making a matter of fact about it. For as I walk around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even find an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands, and is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Lo, he is not far from any of us. And I think, and what I, that is a, it's Paul talking to them about a personal God. Their understanding of gods were very um, distant but Paul reached in and said this is your unknown God is a personal God there is a name for your unknown God Um, and he relates he relates to them he tells them that this God that you have uh, an altar for is a God that created the heaven and the earth this is a God that isn't made by man And I think sometimes we can make God into what we think he should look like and be like. And and we can't do that. God made the heaven and the earth. And he wants a relationship with us because he made us and created us. Paul reached in and saw what they understood, what they knew, and worked with that. So during my time in spiritualism, you could worship whatever God you wanted to worship. You could worship whatever thing you wanted to worship. And in some ways, like the people of Athens, they had an altar and they felt that they were covered, if you like, to have favour with this unknown God. That was the reason why this altar was there. And I was praying to God and I was doing what I thought God wanted me to do. So I thought my altar, if you like, was I was okay with, with God. But I didn't know about Jesus. I didn't understand that this Jesus was God, 
this Jesus came and was crucified on the cross, died and rose again after three days. And that's one of our promises. I didn't realize that Jesus was God in human form that walked with people on the earth to relate to him, to show him his character, to help him and give them hope. I didn't realize that was one of our promises. I just, I didn't understand what, who Jesus was. And I think sometimes we can, we can put idols and stuff in our way. There was many distractions in, in Athens. They had all different gods, all different distractions. And I think sometimes we can also put that in our way of not seeking more of God, of not reaching out to God. And sometimes we need to invest that time and say, I want to explore more of God. I want to go deeper with him. We have, in, in Athens, um, Paul comments on their altar that they had and says, God does not live in the altar. And sometimes at the moment with the church, she's not being open and looking different to what they used to look like. Sometimes we can feel that God's not with us anymore or I'm not the Christian that I should be because God's not, I'm not in the church. The church is closed, so that means that God is gone. Well, let's just remind ourselves of what Paul says. God is not far from any of us. He wants us to reach out to him. Our lives can look really different from each other's lives. Um, our worldviews on things can be different. I know that my worldview of towards Adrian's and this lady's was completely different. Um, I was into spiritualism, and they were uh, about Jesus and God. But they found a common ground with me. They didn't come in and preach and condemn me, the same as Paul didn't here. He didn't go into Athens and preach and condemn the people. They, they accepted me. Um, they didn't make me feel ashamed of who I was and what I was doing. They just found that common ground to talk to me. And we connected through that common ground. We built a relationship up with each other, a genuine relationship. Um, Sometimes it's, it's hard to communicate with people that lives are completely different. I've had people where they say to me, it's too late for me. Um, I've done too much stuff in my life and God wouldn't want to know me. He wouldn't accept me. I'm too deep in things. Um, there's no way out. Well, let's just look at what Paul did. Okay, from a very worldly view, these people of Athens were completely away from God. They were worshipping all sorts of stuff. There was lots of stuff in their way. But God sent Paul into them in amongst everything they were doing to give him, to give the people of Athens God's word, to let them know who he was, that he was this God that created the heaven and earth that he was a personal God, that didn't just come for one person. He came for the world. He came for everybody in it. No matter what your background is, he came for you. And 
And you think, okay, all these people were doing all this stuff, and yet Paul went to them. And Paul went to them because he knew what, who Jesus was. He knew what Jesus had done for him and for everybody else, and he showed them. Jesus sat with people that were completely outcasts of society. He didn't come for the perfect person that has it all together. He came for, he came for us all. Because there is no such person that has it all together. We can't do this on our own. If you feel that you are too deep in things or you wouldn't be accepted, let's just remind ourselves God's arms are open for, your, for everyone. He just wants you to reach out and seek him. He isn't far from any of us, as Paul says here. Um, before I finish, I just want to leave you with two verses. Um, and that's Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that who, he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day Christ, Jesus Christ. God, when he made his creation, when he made humanity... He didn't suddenly look at it and say, oh, that's rubbish. I don't want to know. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to go deeper into that relationship. He wants what he made is good. And he wants to know that you will reach out to him and explore and go deeper to make him your foundation of whatever life is throwing at you, whatever giants you might be facing, if we make Jesus that foundation, then we have a hope. We have our hope. And then the other verse I will leave with you is John 14, 16. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to this Father except through me. So explore. Go deeper. Thank you for listening to me, and... Be blessed. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> Masks, eh? Essential but annoying. <laughs> well, praise God. That was a great word, Michelle. Thank you. I mean, one of the giants we face when we explore the promises. One of the things that God has promised us is seeing more and more people saved and added into the church. Well, how does that happen? As we, we, as together, talk to people. You know, it, that, that's basically how it happens. But for, that can be a giant for many. You can feel daunted by that. Um, some of you aren't. You know, we've got the Donners and the Karinas that will stand on a street corner uh, singing and, and talking to anybody, you know. But believe me, they don't just do that because they're bolshy. They, they, do, they do that often with their knees knocking. They're a brave pair. But that's just one thing. But it's also about how we chat with people in our daily lives, isn't it? And that's one of the giants we face. And sometimes when we hear somebody talking about making Jesus known, uh, talking about Jesus, that, that can be daunting. And it is daunting, more so for some than others. And so what we have to remember is, well, the Lord said, so I'll be able to do it. He will give me the words. He will give me what needs to be said. Sometimes it's not even words. Sometimes it's just actions. 
that communicate the love of God and the, and the joy of God. But if we keep our eyes on what God has said, it will stop us from, oh, this is too hard, this is too much for me. And that's so true of so many things and so many promises that God gives. In fact, most promises, we should feel that's too much for me because it's supposed to be too much for us. Because no, and then we remember, but nothing is impossible with God or with, all, with God, all things are possible. You know, and it's like, yeah, I can only do this with God because we don't want the glory. We want God to get the glory. Um, so a great word, Michelle. Just, just where she stopped reading, I think uh, another thing I'll just leave with you in this whole thing of sharing Jesus with others, which is part of this exploration of what God has given us to do. Um, because what Paul also then does, I think he's really interesting, because in verse 28 in Acts 17, he says, as he continues the explanation, for in him, in God, we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And Paul quotes Greek poetry. He's also pointing at Greek statues of Greek gods around him. He's using the culture of the time to help make that connection. And that's one of the ways God do it. That's why we can, you know, use secular films to try and communicate the gospel. It becomes a point of connection or, or books that people have read or particular websites. Yes, we can use them because it's about using what is out there. As some of your poets have said, he says, therefore, since we are God's offspring, he quotes the Greek poet as an authority on what God says. And I think that's really important as well because sometimes you can hear from the, from the Christian world sort of a complete derogatory to everything that's produced in the world. God speaks even through donkeys, let alone other human beings that don't yet know him. You know, before you were saved, God was speaking to you. You could come out with wisdom from God. And we see, you can see God in secular art and secular music as well, as well as all the other stuff. You can see God in there as well. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, Paul says, we should not think the divine being is like gold, silver, or stone. So he's gesturing at the statues and the things around. An image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands everywhere people to repent, change their minds. He's looking for a change of mind. And he goes on to talk about the resurrection. And of course, as soon as you talk about the resurrection, that's like red rag to a ball. Is that the right expression? It's like some people are like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's exactly what happens even when Paul's speaking. And he must have been a pretty good speaker. Um, at that point, that uh, some of them sneered. But look at this. But others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. One of the saddest research results I've ever read was started off brilliant and ended a little bit, oh. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was an extremely large number of people said they knew a Christian and they'd heard the gospel. But a very large percentage of that group said, and they never wanted to hear it again. And you think, we need to know how to communicate this that people want to go on listening. You know, they want to find out more. And they want to hear you again 
Uh, it says, some of the people became followers and believed. Among them was Dionysus. <laughs> can't say the Greek name. Dionysius, who was a Greek god of wine and debauchery. Uh, so that's what, his, that's what his parents had named him. And here he is following Jesus. Uh, a member of the Areopagus. Also a woman named Damaris and a number of others. There's always people. People like Michelle was in the chocolate shop. They might not look ready, but God knows their heart. And God is going to give you many people. Maybe you'll meet them on Facebook, though don't get involved in silly arguments on there. Maybe through Zoom. Maybe they're already in your household. And as we go out of lockdown again and start to meet other people and meet others for coffee and uh, go back to things we consider more normal, God will give you opportunities. Sometimes they might sneer at you. But there'll be others that will be like Michelle when Adrian Moore spoke to her that are nearly ready and will become ready to say yes to Jesus. And not much long later, this woman that ran a chocolate shop was doing a BA in mission and theology. Such was the change that happened in her life. So praise God. Great word, Michelle. And uh, let's take this word with us. Let's keep exploring what God has for us in those promises. Robin was out, uh, in the prayer room this morning asking us to pray for his daughter in Australia because there's a hurricane heading her way. Well, we take hold of the promises of God, of peace and of safety for his daughter right now in Jesus' name. And we pray her and her family and her household and her house are safe in, the, in these winds in Jesus' name, that they would somehow... Miss past. We just take authority for her in Jesus' name that uh, she remains safe. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a fantastic week. Keep talking to one another and keep the connections going. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire. Thank you.